Hi, and welcome to the Knowledge at HEC Hard News podcast. Daniel Brown here. I'm Chief Editor in the School's Communications Department. Today, the Facebook or Meta stock market plunge. What does this February 3rd hit tell us about our private data on Internet and its links to the advertising world? To help us understand this question, we turn to this man. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Klaus Miller. I'm an assistant professor of marketing at HSA Paris. I recently joined the business school in September 2021. And I'm also associated with the High Paris Research Center for the study of artificial intelligence and data science for business and society. New trouble for Facebook and its parent company. Its stock has dropped more than 20% after reporting that it lost daily users for the first time in its history. As a result, the company lost $200 billion in market value yesterday. And it was... Facebook shares have sunk to a record low, down close to half of the price investors paid when the stock first went on sale three months ago. It has been on a losing streak since then. So how are students on the HEC campus reacting to the news? Here's a sample. Difficult question because, uh, of course, we all want to keep like uh, the privacy and not being like watched by everyone. But of course, there is this question of free content, which is directly correlated to personal data. This is a balance that depends on the special cases. Most of the time we realize they're using it without us knowing about it. And maybe we have a right, we deserve to know what is made of our personal data, not just uh, that we give them to them. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'd just like to know what they're used for. So I'll be what like, when I send an ad, this is made for me because they saw what I was using. You know, advertisement might create needs uh, or like push towards needs that we don't really have to acquire. But like in the end, it's also the choice of the consumer. He makes it the final choice. But when you like bombard him with constant, constant exposure, exposition to uh, a product, it will enhance his consuming behavior and consumption in general, you know, should be rethought in our societies today. Consumption should be rethought in our society, says this student. Hmm. Well, these exchanges came days after Meta said Apple's privacy features will cost it $10 billion this year. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg admitted these changes on privacy and new privacy regulations in Europe represent, I quote, a clear trend where less data is available to deliver personalized ads. These issues are bang smack in the middle of long-term research involving HEC Paris's new assistant professor in marketing, Klaus Miller. I met Klaus in his apartment in Versailles near the HEC campus for a wide-ranging exchange on personal data and the advertising industry. This includes his insight on newspaper ad blocks and their impact on reading habits. First, though, Klaus put the Apple-Meta-Europe affair in its context. Yeah, essentially, I think we have to step one step back in this case and have to think about what we as a society and essentially our data protection agencies and regulators are facing. So that's the trade-off between protecting consumer privacy on the one side and fostering economic prosperity of firms on the other side. And we have seen very different regimes across the globe with regard to answering this question. And for example, in the United States, the balance has always tilted towards more economic prosperity and less data protection of the users. 
And in Europe, we have taken a different route where we say we want more privacy protection and we take uh, higher costs or less prosperity for firms. And what we see now in the current developments is actually that the United States is getting more privacy aware. Regulators and also firms are getting more privacy sensitive. And you can see several changes in the environment that is now also affecting Matter or Facebook specifically. My name is Dominique Shelton Leipzig. I'm a privacy and data security partner at Perkins Coie. Hi everyone, if you've been following data security and privacy at all, you've probably already heard about California's new privacy law that is a landmark piece of legislation. It's the California Consumer Privacy Act, and it's the largest and most comprehensive privacy and data security law in the country. So the we California see, for example, in Europe, a landmark privacy law, which is the General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. But we also see other privacy regulation coming up, for example, the California Consumer Privacy Act and also other privacy regulations around the globe. So the regulatory landscape really is trying to take consumer rights more serious and is changing the regulations that affect these online advertising firms. But we also see something that can be summarized as industry self-regulation efforts. So firms, for example, Apple... Uh, with the app tracking transparency framework, ATT. Which I think was put into place in June 2021, last year. Exactly. And now we are seeing the shakeout of these innovations in that sense, that Apple is moving forward and wants to better protect their users' privacy. So essentially what they are doing is that they say every app developer within the iOS network has to ask, his or her app users for consent for being tracked. And this has led to many users um, not consenting to being tracked. And this makes it really more difficult for firms such as Facebook that rely heavily on, on iOS uh, devices uh, in their revenues to collect uh, personal data to target consumer with personalized advertising. So uh, what happened last week, uh, how for you, could this change internet in terms of uh, this relationship uh, between privacy and data and uh, the advertising industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what you have to understand here is a little bit uh, what I wanted to show you here. Um, so We're looking at a series of slides uh, that you've pulled out. Exactly. This is directly from our book. And uh, what I would like to illustrate is, or what a lot of people are also not aware of, is how the basic uh, business model online works. So typically what we have here is we have a publisher, let's say the New York Times, um, that offers free content to the user. In exchange, the user gives his or her contact opportunity and his or her personal data. And the publisher uses this information, the contact opportunity and the data to sell this information to advertisers who can then target the user with personalized information. And um, essentially, the advertiser then pays the publisher for this targeting opportunity and for the data. And ideally, the user will also like the ads that he or she saw and then purchase the products from the advertiser. And this is how the whole internet is financed today. And the entire process from the user to the publisher to the advertiser and back is facilitated by online tracking. 
So what happens if we take away online tracking? That's basically the big question. Then some advertisers will not be able to reach specific consumer groups. Publishers earn less revenues to finance their content. And advertisers will probably move their advertising money to more efficient media channels. And that's exactly what we are seeing also now with the case for the Apple transparency tracking framework that advertising money is essentially shifting towards Google search advertising, towards Android, and away from iOS app advertising. And this really affects Facebook very strongly because they are highly reliant on iOS and mobile advertising revenues in general. A knowledge at HEC podcast. Apple's iOS changes were not in effect. And so the company, according to the CFO, anticipate modestly increasing ag targeting and in measurement headwinds from platform and regulatory changes. So they're still to come. And then they're hearing from advertisers, this is what the CFO said, that macroeconomic challenges like cost inflation and supply chain disruptions, they're continuing to have an impact on companies' abilities to advertise. So advertiser budgets are being pressured at the same time as well. Um, and then there's the foreign currency headwind to year-over-year uh, growth. So as you can see here, it's a whole list of, of things that have really contributed to why there's been such a bearish reaction to their shares. Uh, I think Mark Klaus Miller, uh, your research paper is on the impact of ad blockers on news consumption. Um, you track the activities of almost 80,000 users on news websites. It shows an impressive leap of consumption of news by those using ad blocks. Is that good news for news publishers or, and bad news for advertisers? Yeah, first of all, it's good news for the journalists that produce the content. So basically what we found in our paper is that ad-sensitive users consume up to one-third more content when not seeing ads. So there's really a group of users that hate ads, to be frank. And I think this is very important to recognize for publishers. And especially if you consider the large number of ad blocker users for younger audiences. So on average, in our data, we find that 24% of the users use an ad blocker, which is in line with the ad blocker usage statistics uh, for Europe uh, during that time. But if you look at the younger target groups, they're up to 100% ad blocker usage. So I think this is, in that sense, very important for publishers to recognize this finding that younger target groups do not want to be monetized by seeing annoying advertising. Like basically, I don't care of uh, Facebook going down, but I care about my privacy. So, uh, so yeah, I just consider what impacts me like personally, because uh, of course we all want to uh, keep like uh, the privacy and uh, not being like watched by everyone. I think yes, it's a trend. It will definitely have like consequences, you know, on the advertisement industry. They have invested a lot of money, as you said, but uh, it could be like redirected differently or rethought in a different way. I think the user can have the choice. So either you pay for your the website you want to visit, either uh, you, you get advertisements, and that will be also linked to other choices related to privacy. Well, in Europe, the continent, it has the most rules about it, and this is why Facebook had uh, such difficulties uh, this past month, 
but I think it's great because it makes us want to discover more things and we don't have ads uh, created especially for us because of what we are watching or reading on the internet. Klaus Miller, you're an academic at HEC and it's a high Paris organization. We just heard a few of the students and their opinions, which really seem to reflect and, and echo the conservative nature of um, keeping your personal data private uh, that we saw with uh, Apple customers recently. What's your experience of that? Yeah, what we see from the younger target groups is really that many of them, if not even all of them, are using ad blockers or also tracking blockers so these young audiences do not want to be tracked and surveilled throughout the internet um, so basically large firms should not know what you're looking at online of course the issue is how do these audience then pay for the consumption of the content they like to consume and um, publishers are also already experimenting with different forms of monetizing these audiences. Um, so what we, for example, also saw in our research on ad blockers is that ad blocker users really hate ads, but it doesn't mean that they are not willing to pay for these services. So in our data, they actually were 30% more likely than non-ad blocker users to pay for a subscription for these services. And this is maybe also one explanation for the success of subscription-based services such as Netflix, Spotify, and also others, that um, this could be a, a new form of monetization for ad-sensitive audiences. So it, it would imply that we move away from the advertising business or system as we know it and have different forms of monetizations for these services. Is this a popular subject for students in general? Are they really interested in, in looking at development of marketing on the internet compared to other questions and subjects? Yeah, I think in the public perception, marketing is always known as advertising and basically convincing consumers to buy something they don't want. So I think this is a little bit a misconception in the public perception of what marketing is. But uh, to be frank, as a researcher, I think almost everything in today's world has some connection with marketing. And this makes marketing really interesting. And you may not even know that you're part of some marketing activity in real life. But in the end of the day, it's something that has to do with marketing. So it comes, of course, in the form of product marketing, but it can also be political marketing. We have the elections coming up in France, for example, and uh, marketing plays an important role there. Uh, we, have we have COVID, and uh, we're also discussing now at HSC, for example, to think about ways to use marketing interventions to influence how people trust into COVID measures of the government, for example. So in the, in the end of the day, I think marketing is a really broad field and that is what makes it really interesting to me as a researcher and hopefully also for my students because it really touches on so many different aspects of our life and also in terms of research fields, it, it's uh, psychology, it has to do with data, it has to do with economics, information systems, so it's really a applied science in that sense at the interface of many interesting fields and that is what makes marketing really interesting. Klaus Miller, thank you very much. Thank you. 
Klaus Miller, Assistant Professor in HEC's Marketing Department. Klaus continues to explore the balance between online advertising and privacy. His research also looks at subscription services, which, as he puts it, are fair for consumers and, in the long run, fair for companies. Well, that's it for this Knowledge at HEC Hard News podcast. Tune in again next month when we look at the post office scandal in the UK and what it tells us about AI regulation. We'll be in the company of new HEC academic Aluna Wang. Until then, goodbye.